Welcome back to Wisconsin's Afternoon News. We are talking chat GPT. We are joined by Marquette Assistant Professor Gabriel Velez. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, really happy to be here. So you heard what Julie and I did right before the break. I guess the first question is, what is your take on chat GPT and the ramifications for students and educators? Yeah, I think it's a whole new world out there. And, you know, we sometimes think that the young people are on the cutting edge, that they know more than us as professors. And the truth is, I think we're all kind of trying to figure this out. You know, these folks, as I mentioned in an earlier article that I was talking about, they've gone through 16 years of education, 15 years of education without it. And so they're trying to figure it out, too. And I think we should do this together rather than saying it as, you know, sort of instructors versus students. This is Marquette University's Assistant Professor Gabriel Velez, who's in charge of educational policy and leadership. So you're kind of on the fence with it. I was actually talking to someone with communications of Marquette University who said the business college, there's one professor that loves it, encourages the students to do it. What do you do for your students? Yeah, I really try and have an open conversation. And so we walk through it. We've uh, worked with the library where we go in there. We show them what it would look like when you put it through ChatGTP, when you also sit there and you talk about what are the pros, what are the cons, what can we do with this? And so really make it a shared conversation rather than just saying it's banned, don't touch it, or rather than leaning in fully and being like, use it as you want. Because you can't ignore it. No, you can't ignore it. And I think you can assume that we all know what's going on with it. I've asked students, you know, what it means when you put something in there and they say, oh, it's kind of like Google. Mm -hmm. And then that opens up a whole space to be like, "Mm, it's a little bit different. Let's talk about that. Are there similarities? Yeah. There's similarities to plagiarism or is that not the right way to look at it? So I think it definitely can go down that path. And I've actually worked with Marquette's integrity uh, office there to be like, well, how can we deal with it as a learning process? So rather than punishing, saying this is a student plagiarizing, let's talk about how we can teach them and how we can show them how to use it in a different way. I think it's plagiarism. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it because when I said write a news article and, Mm -hmm. you know, how many years I've put into this career and it just can spit out something that sounds like a news person wrote it. I think it's lazy. Yeah. Well, see, and that's where I think the usage really matters because we're sort of assuming, right, that students are putting in the prompt and then they're just giving you what they get. And there's a really kind of middle ground in their space to say, well, you can put in the prompt and use that to generate where you're going to search. So for instance, I I have a research project and I tell students, well, you could put it in, it'll give you topics. And then what you do is you take those topics because it's summarizing from a lot of knowledge out there. You go down to the library or you go onto our library website and you use those topics to start searching for actual research. Ah. Now we're putting a lot then on the students to be honest and open about that. But I do think there is that kind of middle ground. How do you make sure they're honest? Do Do you check them out? So I don't use AI detectors, I will say. I try and sort of be open and honest and have a conversation with them. Uh, I will say that if they're doing it early in the semester, it's hard for me. If they're doing it later, you tend to know what your students are doing, their writing style. So I try and build in a lot of handwriting, a lot of things where they can't use it early. And then I get a sense of their style. Now, I'm fortunate because I only have 20 students. Couldn't do that if I had a class of 100. So you've changed the way that you teach in the classroom. Definitely. And especially the way that I talk about it and lean into it. Is handwriting, is is writing things by hand one of the keys to, I mean, if you're writing it by hand, you can't use ChatGPT. Yeah, and I do think that's an element that we're seeing more and more, right? I mean, there's been years that I've heard, you know, folks saying that we're losing that ability. We don't handwrite anymore, right? And my handwriting is terrible. But that's come back into the classroom, I think, more and more. And I certainly Hmm. use it more than I would have. So looking into your students' careers, do you see this as the future for any application like a newsroom? 
I do think it's going to be really prevalent. And that's why I think it's important to lay a groundwork, too, that this is not just about putting something in, spitting it out, and whether or not you're doing that or not. It's about using it to sort of further the work that you're doing, to use it as a tool rather than as just sort of this cheating mechanism. And I think we need to open that conversation about it so that students are thinking of it in that way. This is what they were talking about. They were talking about writer's block, and it was helping the students. Yeah, I I Mm -hmm. like your approach. I mean, it can be a useful tool. It doesn't have to always be like, this is the devil. Yeah, exactly. in between. And to that writer's block, you know, I've got young kids and they ask me for stories all the time. Yep. When I hit that writer's block, I pull it open and I say, tell me a story about a lion and a dragon. <laughs> yeah, you know? See, that is interesting. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Marquette's so Gabriel Velez. Thank you.